Hi folks, episode 106, beat 106 of two minutes for chatting and it has, it's continued, obviously it's continued, the losing run, the negative black rain cloud around the clan has not been lifted uh, and we're now at, I think, 16 defeats in a row, are we count, what, where, where does that come from, the first, does that count pre-season? Well, I... You can look at it. Or you can pre-season. You can well. You can if you negate pre-season, then it's you're still counting the the Cardiff loss in the playoffs last year. But if you want to include yeah pre-season, course, yeah. then it's one in eighteen. Yeah, so it's it's disgracefully great that we're still here recording, um, because I think the teams nearly chucked it, but. We'll do our best. We'll do our best this week. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot of um, people getting in touch, which was great. So we're probably going to make our way through some of those replies and questions first, um, and then discuss how much longer we think this can go on, even though it's about ten games too long anyway. So we'll get stuck into the questions. I think if you're up for it. Yeah, let's go for it, because otherwise we'll just be talking about defeat after defeat, and that's that's no good for anybody. No, it's not. Except us. It's all right for us. We don't mind it. <laughs> You're still there, man. Yeah, that's it. Um, so we'd asked earlier uh, what kind of things you wanted us to discuss. So um, our first reply was, was from Jasper, who says that... Um, Viable visual protests against Cameron as well as audible ones. A lot of fans not wearing colours. Um, he suggested inside out colours, but just the general reflection of fans not being happy is now visible and audible at the arena. Um, and it's just it's unclear if it's going to have any effect on the on the setup as it is, but. They must be thinking about doing something because it's just ridiculous now. I don't know what the attendances have been. I haven't even really been looking, so maybe somebody could tell us. But um, yeah, when you when you start having your own fans protest against you, it's it's a bit of a, a wake up call, surely no? Yeah, I think that's that's quite something when it comes to hockey because you can see you see protests at, at football games. Um, inside and outside the stadiums and but it's it's not really something that you would maybe associate with ice hockey given that it's a quote unquote family sport and whatnot and but I think you know it's just you kinda have to take matters into your own hands now, I think. Um working out at that point. Um and yeah, I think, you know, anything that can be done as a sign of a protest is probably a good thing at this point. Um be good to have a, a proper coordinated protest. That's, uh, I guess, that's difficult to do. And um, I think, as Jasper said, you know, you're the kind of fans that just kind of, I guess, they kind of walk in or they sort of buying buying tickets at the at the gate sort of thing. But how how into it, how in depth are they? Um, in the clan as a whole, so it's kind of it's difficult to get stuff like that coordinated. Um, just 
online. So it's yeah. Anyway, that you can protest is is good, and I think there were at the at the Cardiff game. I think there was, um, you know, some shouts from the stands, um, as well as I think the, some people had taken flyers with them as well. But not not five flyers. <laughs> we need a few flyers in that line at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, but they did um, have this sort of Malky out stuff um, that we'd seen online, so that's good. Anything, anything that can be done as a protest is good. Yeah, because I, I think um, maybe even subconscious or not subconsciously, the, the players are already protesting with some of the performances. <laughs> and, you know, to play a, a wee bit of devil's advocate, obviously. Malcolm Cameron would say that he sort of sets the team up and, uh, you know, they've got to go out there and do the job. And for sure, the performances have been nowhere near good enough, but everything kind of boils down to the same thing. Um, and, the, and the collective has just been a disaster. So some kind of change from that front, I think, will, will give us a bit of a boost. But we are obviously really struggling with injuries as well, which doesn't help and we'll come on to but. Um, on a kind of similar note, Colin Shearer said that the negative feeling towards the management um, is warranted, but we need to get back our feelings for the team and club. If not, uh, you know, it might be the end for us. Wins will come and a new coach. Um, at the moment, I'm not so optimistic about the wins will come. A new coach, who knows? We don't know what the club are thinking because we've not had any update from the GM thing or whatever it is. Um, so we don't know. We've not, not had any communication really. So this could continue or we might see a new coach. But yeah, I, I do agree with the backing the, the players and the team. It's just, it's hard to be motivated to do that even at the moment. Yeah, and Look, I mean, after the whole um, Mr. Berta signing and that fiasco, it was you know a lot of, a lot of fans, including including ourselves, have kind of boycotted going to games. Um, well, Cameron's still still in charge. He's still the coach. Um, but you know, I, I can get why fans are are going to the games because they want to get behind the team and perhaps what matters is um, you know the results on the ice um, so it's a, it's a difficult situation really it's kind of you can see it from both from both sides really um, and I guess that kind of factors into the, the protest side of things as well if a lot of fans are, are boycotting games then I think if they were going then there would be protests as well yeah, I, I agree it's difficult and I I um I would probably put myself in that camp of going if I was available to support just the team, but the way it's um gone at the moment I've not been able to get to matches. So I definitely will be at some point if I can. Um and obviously it would help if we had a bit of a a positive spin on things and, and a couple of wins that would make it a bit more fun for everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Michael White, where's the D-man money gone? 
we had money to sign a D-man, which didn't go well, obviously we know who that refers to. Um, did we spend on a forward and a goalie when our problems were in the D? And then obviously the, the injuries we have, I think. Bhutan and Waltz, to name two uh, defensemen that are out at the moment. Um, so we've got, you know, all sorts of a bit pick and mix lineup at the moment. Um, what what do you think about that though? Do you think we'll still have reinforcements incoming, or did we did we just spend it on news um, and I guess well did something go towards Stevenson or whatever? I don't know. It's it's a weird one because did Stevenson did he not sign before? They tried to sign us over or slightly after or something like that. Yeah, I think, I think he was before actually on his way. Yeah. Um so we've really, you know, the only signing that we've made since then has been used. Uh, so I, I think I think there will be funds there for players if required. Um I think that's you know, they've got to have, I would suggest, um, for situations like this. You're down six imports. That's not really sustainable, but sorry, what you I was just going to say that obviously, with the complete lack of communication at the moment, we don't even know if there's any intention to bring in new players. Um, yeah, no. So that would that would help, at least in some way. Somebody produce a statement saying um, that that would be the intention. We, Nothing's really been cleared up with Gareth if he's still involved or whatever. He would, you would think, before this fiasco of being the one to say, um, yeah, we still know it's shite, but somebody else is coming in to help us at least, but we don't even know that now. So who knows what direction it's gone. It's all sort of a bit of a secret at the moment, which is the opposite of what you want. Yeah. Um... No, I know. I mean, it's a, it's a relevant question because the game down in Coventry with just a, a couple of import D-men and I think even, I think Malcolm Cameron's been chopped changing as well. I think there's been Shabot and um, Stevenson playing on D as well as I think at one point Gagley thought was playing as a forward which is completely bizarre to me, but um, yeah, I mean that's that he's playing at all at the moment, with all due respect. Well, I mean that's yeah, that's a separate issue. But you know, on, on paper he is a D man, so he should be should be playing yeah. on defence. Yeah. Um I think it, it never helps. It's just as I said, it's just adding to the the situation that we don't have enough players, at least with a full lineup. We could sort of get a better measure of things but I'm not quite sure even that would help at the moment um, Peter Kerr says Malky thinking we're all thick and he cont- continues to blame a goalie for us Kiki says start to the season that's quite a light word um, <laughs> a different one um, underused word Kiki yeah <laughs> when uh, Zach Driscoll obviously is talking about and Malcolm Cameron keeps referring to we're still no better with Muse um, and the players have chucked it and aren't playing for him. Um, so a couple of things in that, obviously. We did bring in Muse as a 
as a new goaltender and he's not been able to change the fortunes, although Malcolm Cameron is constantly referring to how he's now getting saves and, you know, taking digs at Driscoll, who I think has recently signed in East Coast League, but just on that Muse signing, um, what did you you make of that and just generally, I, I, I know what your opinion is, but how often Malcolm Cameron keeps referring back to not being able to to stay in games because we weren't getting saves from the goaltenders. Oh, I mean, it was a good bad breaking news. Bad breaking news last week. Yeah. No, I think like John John Muse, a kind of known, um, like he played for for Sheffield in the Elite Series. A couple of years ago, did okay there. Um, save percentage was not that great. I think it was around 88%. Um, but, you know, 34 years old, certainly get more experience than Driscoll. Um, recently played in the KHL. Can't have too many grumbles about that signing. He's looked fairly solid so far, I think. Um, so I guess that's kind of where... Uh, where Cameron's come from, um, but you know, I don't. I think to me, it's a shame to see Driscoll go because I think he's obviously a, a top, a top netminder. Um, I think he was made a scapegoat by a coach. Uh, you know, to remember, he's a he's a young player. Um, I think you know, kind of needs to be nurtured. I think um, at this level, not thrown under the bus and every single post-match interview even after he's gone so um, and yeah just Cameron talking about having a goalie now that can make big saves when needed but I mean, we're 0 4 done you so that's clearly not not the only issue Malky no it's not um, he's uh, 91% in his four games with us so far, averaging 3.66 goals against. Um, and, you know, we're not not going to win matches like that. I think I remember there being a comment from Malcolm Cameron that we're, we're now getting uh, saves up and we're also now scoring three or four a game, whatever it was. But we're, <laughs> we're still conceding. There's only so much the goaltender can do with that defence, so... I think it's obvious to us that the, the issues lie elsewhere, but hopefully news can bring a, a bit of steadiness in, and hopefully Driscoll gets um, his career up and running again. Maybe we'll see him back in a few few years under a different coach that, and not under a bus, hopefully. <laughs> um, Lucy, with... Um, quite a verbose reply to our tweet, which is good, um, said, I'd like to see a discussion of how we think things will go if there was a win. Basically, um, our point of view is that because things, the atmosphere and stuff is so bad, if we actually do get a win, is it just still going to be overshadowed by what's going on? Um, but a, a good point within that, is that Fife are only a couple of points above us and their fans are happy. Um, 
and actually the fact that they are only a couple of points above us is still incredible really given how bad we've been but do you think that even if the results do turn around um, it's it's just going to be a bit of a uh, a cover-up job and, and really obviously the issues still remain yeah um, we all know the issues are there and Cameron's kind of made a made a rod for his own back, um, just with the signing and subsequently everything since the signing. Um, so I think if we did get a win, I would be, I would be pleased for, for the players, um, and the fans because, you know, anyone with a season ticket going to see, going to watch us recently is. Uh, Deserving of a medal, in my opinion. Um, so, and, and obviously for the players, I think you know they're obviously put in, putting in the effort. Um, I don't doubt that. Just, yeah, I think in particular the, the game against Coventry, where we came so close and we were so short benched, but we still come away with a defeat was um, pretty flattening. Um, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts on. Yeah, I think, I think it, it it will cover things up to an extent. We just we just need a win to to get moving in some kind of upwards trajectory, um, and let the off ice stuff take care of itself. Really, um, I I think we'll struggle to get that win with the current situation, um, but if say Cameron does go or another coach comes in, we have got players that we will we will eventually get a win this season. Um that's just that well which is it's actually funny to even talk about it like this. Um we've not won yet, but I think I think we need a change for for those wins to really start feeling making the fan base feel good about ourselves again and the players so um, for me yes it would be great but um, it's a bit deeper than that yeah if I could just come back in there I think he Cameron in terms of his coaching ability I think you know with that game against Coventry I think you did see a, a spirited performance from the team um, when we were so short benched but I actually think that's one of his strengths as a coach because he's come in uh, obviously, last season we know the situation was there was kind of no no pressure on him really as a coach to do anything of note um, in the league, and you know he's got this certain defensive style of hockey um, that's that worked kind of in part last year. Um, I think he's been found out big time this year. Um, so I think his, his coaching abilities only go so far, um, but he's not got what it takes to, to push us on and um, you know, the reality is he's, he's taking us backwards to even last season um, so uh, yeah yeah he's, he's done well I, I do agree I remember a couple of situations including now where we've, we've put in some quite good performances with a short bench um, the problem is we're just still not managing to get wins um, and his style for me is is just not working with the team now. I think I still think his style 
doesn't match the players that we signed, and that is a big issue. Um, and if somebody else comes in, I would like to see us use the the players we've got more than we do. Um, strengths. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're just not seeing it with, with the current setup. Um, it's just it's boring to watch as well. Even oh, yeah. When, even when you, there was going to games. And yeah, it absolutely is. Some of the hockey was absolute mince. It is. Um, a couple of comments regarding the coaching as well. Um, Andrew Stafford saying, Cameron out and Tanya uh, telling us to discuss the coaching rumour. So we'll we'll come on to that in a couple of minutes, but just before that, uh, a similar comment to what we covered earlier from Emma saying, when are we getting replacements for the five imports that have got missing? We don't really know, as I've said. We don't know if they're bringing them in or if they're just ignoring it, but agreed we can't play with forwards and D&D and forwards for a whole season because we've still got a long way to go. Um, so I'd like to think, even though the whole thing's a bit of a mess, we have to bring in more players. Yeah, I think that's the other thing as well, is that he's chopping and changing the lines so often. And I know you kind of need to do that in a way if there's loads of injuries, but even when guys were healthy, it was it's as if he just doesn't know what the strongest lines are. Just, I know. know well, do... Do we bring in Lee Esters and Clankus on the third D line like Colin Watts says? <laughs> I actually think that's a great shout. I think Clangus will provide a lot of energy. Yeah. I, think I remember that game feed off it. Yeah, a couple of seasons ago when um Richard Hartman Lee Esters did play. Um and I think Richard Hartman played as well, was it? Was that the Pete Russell season. I don't remember what season it was, but it was it was great fun. And actually, you'd rather see that now. I genuinely rather go and watch that kind of thing. It's a bit more excitement than what we're seeing. So maybe maybe having Clankus lace up the skates is a bit extreme. But Lee Esther's, you know, maybe his maybe his um, passion's been reignited by some of the commentary stints he does. And uh, we can start bringing back that 14-15 team. Just not under Malcolm Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, the 2017-2018 season. I think, was that the... Uh, hold on, I'm just having a look. Yes, yeah, so there's three appearances that season. Um, so I think it was the one after that, the season after that, that was the... Yeah, it was it was um it was a couple of guys I think as well from Solway playing, but I'm pretty sure we did all right, and and maybe that is maybe that's the direction the club needs to go. Maybe that maybe for the if the takeover happens, that's what we'll do. We'll just bring all these guys back out of retirement, bring back some of the the feel good factor. So it's a possibility, but who knows? Um. So yeah, the, the coaching rumour that's come up, and I think you know maybe a wee bit more about it than me, but uh, was there a, a particular coach that has been 
tipped as a potential replacement for Malcolm Cameron? Um, yeah, I think the the name that was um, going about the, the forum and, and online was um, Patrice Lefebvre. Um, don't know if he's any relation to ex Dundee coach. I don't think he is. Um, he's a he's currently an assistant head coach at playing, um, playing managing its uh, Canadian junior level. So, um, but he has coached full time in, in Europe and had spells in, in Italy and in Austria. Previously, was an assistant head coach in Switzerland as well. Um, had a had a, a good playing career, I have to say. Um, also played in the UK, 1992, Billingham Bombers. It's a, it's a cracking, cracking name there. Um, notched up 165 points in 36 games. Knows where the knows where the net is. Yeah, well, I mean, we could, could show her, show our forwards a thing or two, maybe. Um, no, I, I mean, absolutely breezed it here. Um, one of very few players that then went to went on to play in the NHL as well. I think played a few games for for Washington after he left. Um, so yeah, it played at the highest level. Kind of knows what it takes. Um, I would suggest his coaching styles maybe more suited to European hockey, um, which would be good. I think would be more pleasing to die. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously I have to wait and see. Not, don't think there's much point going into too much depth about it just now because it's it's just a rumor, as we say. No, but I, I I would like to see. I've always said that I'd like to see a bit of a, a change in the recruitment. I think a few weeks ago we talked about the European players, um, and sometimes it just doesn't work for guys. I, I don't think Malcolm Cameron's style now. Is is suited to this team in the league, um, so yeah, maybe maybe we do look at somebody with different coaching style and ideas about things and freshen it up. Um, but yeah, let's let's see what happens. We we don't know that there is going to be any coaching change, so we can't really comment until that actually happens. But whoever it is, I think will. Will bring some freshness, so that's that's what we're after, really. The only thing is, apparently, he's got he's got links to Gareth. Um, so I don't don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, to be honest. Um, suggests to me that he's still very much part of the club, um, despite not not hearing anything about him for for Gareth, but still. Maybe still there. Um, who knows? Yeah, um, I think whoever comes in is obviously going to have to deal with a, a very short bench squad initially. Uh, I think the biggest blowout of all those injuries was the news about Nolan Laporte. I mean, we, we praised him a lot about being, if not the best, one of our best players this season. Um, obviously he's now out for a number of weeks uh, which is a, a huge blow 
Um, and then we don't really know about Colton Waltz, Stephen Dixon, uh, Brad Kennedy, and also possibly Ty Taylor. Uh, I, I did watch Stephen Dixon on another podcast where he was talking about you know, the team and stuff and obviously didn't really get into the off-ice stuff, but um, said it was a, a good group of players like everyone really does and that he does think that it will come together. Now, who knows if it will or not, but I think having Dixon, Laporte, Waltz, all these guys out, if we don't get replacements in, then we're really going to struggle to win a game. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, actually, did they, did they allude to um, the fact that they were going to be pushing for silverware? Yeah, I don't think there'll be anything silver getting pushed for. I was trying to think of a funny joke there, but I couldn't. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, he didn't. But obviously, coming in in a in a coaching role and stuff um, is is part of why we we managed to get him across from Cardiff. Uh, but yeah, the Laporte thing when I saw that news, that was that was uh, I was gutted actually, to be honest. Oh yeah, I mean it's a huge loss for us. Um, it's by far been our player of the year so far. Um, not not an incredible accolade in this team, but he's definitely been head and shoulders above everyone else so far. I think it was confirmed they would be missing for. Was it six to eight weeks? Yeah. So, yeah. So we're going yeah, to and that... that a good time. Must have an effect on the rest of the team as well. When you know that somebody like that, who I think is probably a leader on and off the ice, is missing out of the lineup. You know, he does so much for the team. and Yeah, that meant we were really short-benched, so we'll sort of cross our fingers for reinforcements coming in, but doesn't really get any easier. None of the teams that we play are, are going to feel sorry for us. So I think they're all seeing us as two points at the moment, which is not a good place to be, but we need to start somewhere, really. No, I know. Um, I just had an image there. Obviously, a lot of guys were playing injured as well, I think. Um, uh, I think that was why Colton Wolves was was injured and missed the game um, against Coventry. He's kind of playing hurt for a while. So, um, yeah, so I've just had visions of Malcolm Cameron picking up hockey databases and um, searching for minute launchers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do need a lot of minute launchers. Um, maybe, maybe he's going to start playing. Is he allowed to play? That's the secret. We actually need Malcolm Cameron to play. Uh, and then we'll get the best out of the team. But um, I think just looking ahead to the, the games coming up, because it all sort of ties in with the depression at the moment. Um, we do play Nottingham tonight, as we're recording on Wednesday night. Away, home to Manchester, and then away to Belfast 
I think I'd said to you earlier that I still see Nottingham as the the biggest chance for a win because they've been seriously struggling. Um, but you know Manchester have been quite impressed with some of the stuff I've seen, and Belfast. I'm afraid if we're still this short, we're we're really going to be up against it going across there. But um, do you see any kind of chance of? Picking up the first win, still crazy to say that, but the first win of the season in any of those games? I think without the risk of uh, sounding like Kevin Keegan, but tonight's game against Nottingham, I would love it if we beat them. Big black team. I think that's, you know, obviously we're going to be really short benched again, but again, I've, I've kind of said that. I think that's when Cameron gets the best out of his team. Um, you know, five D men and ten forwards. I think for this one as well. I think he called up uh, a couple of the Solway guys to play again. Um, I think this is one where we could get one. I actually think I'm going to predict a low-scoring Clan win tonight. Basically, two-one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think possibly the playing away from home is actually helping as as well at the moment, helping the team. It's not helping us get rid of Malcolm Cameron, but uh, you know, not up against the crowd as such. Yeah. Uh, being able to go a wee bit under the radar, and as you say, seems to be a good coach or a better coach with a a short bench. Um, like you said, there were a few Solway call-ups. Um, we basically had. Uh, Shabbat playing back in centre against Coventry, but uh, Liam Danskin was playing on D on the, on the third line, um, and then we had Scott Henderson on the fourth line, according to the, the lineups anyway. Uh, but you know, we just we need bodies, and yeah, I, I agree we've got a chance, but I just still think that. Nottingham are not quite as bad as us and we'll be able to just just get the points off as I, I'd like to say we'll, we'll do something but honestly I just can't see it until something else changes Yeah I mean all evidence shows that we're not going to win um, but I, th- yeah, I don't know low of averages and all that can it really go on I mean, yes, it can, but I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I think I said that to you as well at the weekend. Well, I think I'd said, uh, I get a win at the weekend, and that didn't happen. So there's every possibility that it's not going to happen again. I don't know, just I think, given that it's Nottingham as well, and, and obviously their stats for the season, I think, you know, it could be there for the taking, but. It's probably more just high in the sky thinking for myself. Yeah, we we might get another uh, overtime defeat and we'll be fine because it it won't be a defeat. And we'll be making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, we'll be flying towards the playoffs if that happens. Uh, But I think, yeah, I think Nottingham will be be up for it because, as I said, they'll see us as as the chance to get points. 
albeit Coventry probably were in the, were in the same boat and we, we nearly managed to sneak out there with a win and they are one of the form teams uh, but you know we still didn't um, Manchester at home on Saturday that's a tricky one because I think they're a, a different team this season uh, some really impressive players and guys like Deluca doing really well I, I did see um, Jasper Orval is it got a check to the head against Sheffield yeah. uh, the weekend so I don't know if, if he's going to be playing but he certainly maybe going into the weekend led the league in points or goals and so a real danger man uh, and, and just a, a generally quite like some of the players that they've brought in and what they're doing to their team they're much more effective now away from home than they they were last season so I think they were a bit of a, a shambles away from altering but you know it'll be close again uh, but <laughs> as I've said can I see us getting a win at the moment from anywhere no nah, I can't really well uh, you know I've predicted that we're going to beat Nottingham so why can't we go and get win number two? First, first home win of the season um, I don't think that's going to happen uh, I think what's more likely to happen is that we'll pick up more injuries because Storm are kind of notorious for the physicality and, and yeah I think you'd said as well historically not good away from home but I think after points this season they've got away from home so far so um, yeah I, you probably would lean towards Storm again but I'm going to no, I'm, well I'm going to say Storm are going to win but I'm going to say that we'll take it to overthink because both teams can seem to defend I'm going to say 5-4 Storm yeah and by the way why no matter who is in charge or who our players are um, can we still not win in overtime or shootouts <laughs> yeah that's just been since since day one really. yeah it's been since I remember going yeah uh, I'd love to see the, the totals overall but um, three so far this season um, and counting just for whatever reason, we we can't beat teams in overtime or penalties. I've got no idea why. But as soon as we get the point, you know it's it's a point and done. Yeah, I know it's it's just a I don't know it's like a mentality thing around the club. Where they probably don't even know about it. It's just as a thing. But if yeah. if we if we had as bad as the season's been to try and look at it in a different light if we picked up those three points we'd actually be incredibly <laughs> in a playoff place possibly or tied mm-hmm. in a playoff place I'm going to check that right now because we're three it would, it would give us three three more points um, would, then it would give uh, well it still be We'd still be out, but only on uh, regulation ones, I think. Yeah, okay. Um, but we'd, your point. Yeah. We'd, the point really is that we'd be pretty much there, thereabouts, even though we've not won a, won a game. So, 
Um, it's not all doom and gloom, although it's 95% doom and gloom. Um, and then on that point, Belfast away on Sunday. Um, tricky travel. I think they're at five the night before, but um, so both teams coming from Scotland really, so you can can't assume that's going to have much of an effect. Uh, but they've been pretty pretty consistent against us, albeit they're actually not doing you know too well in the league. Actually, now I've seen it. They've only played six games. So they're a wee bit behind, um, one four of those. So from what I see, the evidence points to another defeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they've lost twice to Guildford in, in those six games. Um, you know, pretty incredible for for Guildford. They're flying high at the moment. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean. There's a 7-1 victory at Dundee, 7-0 at home against Coventry. So they're still going to be really dangerous. And they'll, I think they'll look at the next four games. I think they've got us twice, Fife and Dundee and that. And I think they'll be looking at some points there. Um, so, yeah, I think it could be a bloodbath. It's a horrible phrase, that, but I, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, all the evidence points to that. Uh, like the games, the games since we last recorded, the actual results for Clan, um, I kind of glossed over them very briefly, but uh, I think. One of the performances in particular, the Coventry one, I guess is is kind of the only real positive in there. Um, we lost to Guildford at home 4-2 on the 15th uh, and then lost at home again to Nottingham in a shootout and they've not been great as we've said so I'm not really taking that point as anything positive. Uh, and then we're hammered 5-0. <laughs> oh my. Sorry, I just laughed at the situation. It's just... <laughs> what a team. What a team we've got, honestly. Hammered 5-0 by Cardiff. And then the, the Coventry point, which is the highlight for me. But um, why, why are we so bad? <laughs> How long has it got? Oh dear. I know. Any any are we taking anything out of those games other than the the playoff points? <laughs> yeah, a couple of a couple of wins. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. No. <laughs> a couple of points. A couple of points. So you could argue that we've got one win. Um this is just this end to chaos, this. <laughs> I'm not even giving you that. Uh, nah, I don't know. Guilford, Guilford are flying high at the minute. Um, to keep that down to 4-2 is pretty good. Um, the other thing I'm going to shoot out, again, it's just, you, 
get to a point. I mean, Tuna up in that game as well after the first. Uh, yeah, we, we actually that is a that is a good point. We have gone ahead in a couple of these games. Yeah, which seems, makes you think. Like Elsa game actually. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying it, it makes you think that players are coming out with a point to prove, which is good. But it's almost like as, as soon as it reaches that point, um, things change. Obviously, at, at Guildford are arguably the best team in the league at the moment. Um, we got a good start on them, but then let them back in. Nottingham been turning up against them. We should be we should be taking two points there in my opinion. Uh, and then the Coventry game, albeit we weren't, I think we were one-one uh, after the first period. So didn't have that yeah two 0 lead. Um, yeah, pretty even all the way through. But when you're turning them up against against a team. Particularly at home, you like to think that that's a foundation for to go on and win. But just with the goals we're conceding, we need to score five and six to even stand a chance at the moment. Yeah, I mean that was what four four home games on the bounce um, before the Coventry game and four defeats. I mean it's just I don't know. Your home games are the are the ones that you should be. Should be looking to win, um, regardless of your opponent, um, especially against a team like Nottingham, who are in this area as well, although as much as us. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's disappointing, really, overall. Um, those four games and saw a bit of fight the Coventry game, I think we matched them pretty well. Um, although from the Coventry, I think, uh they had kind of alluded to it being like a pre-season game. Um, Coventry had made quite a lot of, a lot of mistakes um, that game. And we played... I don't think we could play any more defensively than what we did in that game. Yeah, we faced um, 59 shots on goal. <laughs> yeah, game. sorry, that was, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we had 18 on Hovsa. Yeah. So that's pretty much tipping the ice. Shots in total. Coventry had. Yeah. That's incredible. That's like, I mean, so close to 100. I don't know if there's ever been a game where someone said. Oh, there will have been. 100 shots, you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Somebody will have had 100 shots against us this season. Maybe, maybe not, but. Still to come, yeah. Yeah. This is like, this is. Maybe this is Cameron's thing, as we've said. Like, conceding 100 shots with a short bench team and sort of snatching points on the road or at home. Um, but that's not the kind of hockey that people want to watch. I bet Edinburgh conceded well over 100 shots in, in some, some... I mean, shots is obviously a, a bad statistic. It's the... The shots on goal is, is more of a, a benchmark, but still, I mean, it gives you an indication that pretty much all of the play was was around about our zone and, and we were under a lot of pressure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, 
bring back Ryan Nye, he could face 50. Well, what was it he was brought in to do? Face 50 shots a night? Yeah, at least 50, I think. Okay. Well, at least, I mean, 60 shots or 59 shots is, you know, significantly less. One a minute. Yeah, I mean, if, if Malcolm Cameron sticks around, then he's going to be talking about bringing in a, a goaltender that can face 100 shots. Yeah. Um, find someone like that. Doesn't name Shane Starrett then. Yeah, it, it, it does show you, though, um, Cardiff, the, the, in the 5-0 game, only had 40 shots. Twenty twenty nine on goal, so yeah, I don't, uh, they, that game was finished after eight minutes. They yeah, went, when they went 2-0 because there was no way we were going. Yeah, much more, much more professional. Yeah, and I think they even had Cozen and goal, so very comfortable night for them. Um, so wanted to move on to the the chat about the takeover. For a wee bit, if we leave the actual on ice depression to one side, um, with a, a good interview Callie did with John and Phil from Glasgow Clan Limited, um, quite a long interview about just giving all sorts of information that they could. You know, there's stuff they couldn't comment on, but regarding the the takeover, I think my my main feelings were were really positive about it. Um, saying a lot of the right things and um you know they, they really had a, a passion and a, a vision for where they want the club to go but the overriding thing was we don't know when or how long things are going to take which is what the fans really want to know that's the thing that gets you excited but then we kind of need to put up with what we've got for the moment and hopefully they can get that over the line Ah, it was it was great to get something like that organised. Um, yeah, it was, you know, good good work from Kelly again. Um, nice for the podcast to get a, a mention as well, even if we were the only clan podcast to get a mention. <laughs> forgiven, yeah. forgiven this time. Um, but no, I mean, like right off the bat, you can you can kind of see what what the people John and, and Phil are. They seem really down to earth approachable people um clearly know a thing or two about business uh good good that they were being upfront about the challenges that lie ahead as well um i know there's some concern amongst the fans about the fact they don't have experience taking on a hockey game before but you need to start off somewhere in this game so um yeah i think I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to speak for you, but I think, but I think, you know, I'm pretty, pretty much on on board with the with the takeover. Um, yeah, I, I am as well. Uh, I think on on the point of not having experience of running a hockey team, I think the most important thing that was said in it was, oh, there are two things. Was about the communication, which we don't have at the moment. And obviously, it's it's easy to say the right things. I mean that in the nicest possible way. Like you would hope that these things were said, that they would be communicating and 
open and have the fan involvement, but I, I do genuinely believe it. Uh, but the other important thing was that they would put the right people in the right positions. And they talked about that in business. Yeah. Um, like Neil Black obviously came in and uh, his involvement with Nottingham, I, I really don't know, but I would guess obviously hadn't been involved with hockey his whole life and came in and started a successful, certainly for a period, team in Nottingham. And that will be by getting people who know what they're doing from the sort of uh, executive business side all the way down to the the coaching side. Um, yeah. And that's that's what you do when you're, you're you're running it successfully. You let those guys go on with it. Um, and the fact that they're fans, obviously they'll be involved. They'll want to see a good style of hockey and they'll get involved if things aren't going well. Like they couldn't say it, but I got the impression that if it was their club and this was going on at the moment, then basically it would end straight away. You know, something would change straight away and they'd, they'd give you reasons for it and explain all the decisions and stuff. And that's, yeah, that was the main thing. Bit of a long-winded uh, talk about it there. But yeah, I, I did, I really liked I really liked what was being said. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, it was clear that communication is key for them. Um, you know, it was it was refreshing as well to see that that kind of interview, to be honest. Um, obviously, there was, there was things that we couldn't go into much detail about, but um, even just kind of taking the time to do that in the first place. Um, Hopefully, it kind of shows us what what it will be like going forward if if they're <coughs> successful. Um, obviously, there's still you know plenty of discussions to to be had, but um, it's you know it's a it's a prom- promising start, and they seem like genuine people as well, which, um, which you know goes goes down well. So um, yeah, so we're behind that, and obviously, good luck to them in the in the weeks and months to come. They can get. A, a deal agreed sooner rather than later because yeah I think even some kind of news all the news about that that comes out is good and uh, if we do hear at some point about progress with it then that'll give everyone a lift um, a, a consult lift if you want hey, there you go. Uh, but yeah and, and I think they said <laughs> That was great. That great enjoyed that. Totally off the cuff, yeah. That's good. Um I think they'd said that they would be very involved with the business, you know, it wouldn't just be a case of um a financial backing and then step aside, which I feel like is much more what Neil Black is. And then when these sort of uh, difficult situations come up it, it's something that he, maybe Neil Black doesn't really feel comfortable stepping into. I think John and Phil would be the opposite, um, and you know they would they would be really involved as as fans and taking the opinion of people on board, which is a big deal. So as you say, hopefully onwards and upwards, and we hear about the progress 
um, as it goes on. Yeah, no, definitely. Hashtag back the bids. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, back the bid and that will lead us to some success, I think, for sure. The success that we all want, really, and thought we would get even at the start of this season, but how wrong we were. I think the other thing it would help with is not having a guy that runs two teams. I mean, not not much is really said about that. And maybe it doesn't have that much of an impact, but to me it seems a bit off that, yeah. that somebody yeah. owns two clubs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It just, yeah, it just, I don't, it just doesn't work. It, should, it shouldn't really work. It's just, like, imagine... I don't know. Yeah, try to think of an example, but like, even like, I don't know, English Premier League, you had two, two owners who, who owns two different teams in that league, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And obviously, like, I think, again, I think it was John that mentioned it in that interview, but, you know, Neil Black did bring hockey to Glasgow. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure in time we'll thank them for that. But um, even now, it's, it's difficult to acknowledge. Yeah, definitely, completely agree. Um, so we've obviously got uh, a few clan games coming up, but still got a, a wee bit of time, I think, to do our predictions for some other games because we missed that last time, and it's always a good laugh. Um. <laughs> So let's just let's have a quick a quick run through of the other um, teams in the league. Obviously, we've we've talked about how Guildford are have had a great start, um, and you know teams like Nottingham really struggling. But I like I like to see that because I don't particularly like Guildford that much because they always beat us. But it's good to see somebody other than Sheffield, Car- Cardiff and Belfast at the top of the league and Coventry kind of in the same breath, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Really fighting and, and making things interesting. Yeah, I agreed. Um, that's kind of what we need to aim for, I think. Yeah, we, sh- we should be in there. Well, exactly, yeah, we should be. Um, that, that's got to be the ambition, I'm sure it is, of, of everybody. Regardless of what they'd have, they'd have all said that, but it's just not really happened. Nah, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, that's that's the aim, obviously. Um, because you know, Guildford. Yeah, I think they are backed a bit, a bit better than than other teams. Um, as well, given their their attendances, I don't think they're particularly <laughs> high. So. Um, yeah. At least a Coventry as well, yeah. Yeah, but they've they've got like the thing about Guildford and Coventry is they've got a style and they sign players to it and you know what to expect. Like I really disliked Danny Stewart as a Fife player. But <laughs> see when he talks as, as Coventry coach, I really like listening to his interviews. Um I think he's very honest and just gives a good description about the game and then you listen to Malcolm Cameron, for example, and it's like the opposite. Um, you know, I think having somebody in place 
like not Danny Stewart particularly, but somebody like that that can properly, you know, sign a team to a style, play like that, and be completely honest and um, sort a team out. Really, that's that's what we need better. And I signed uh, Belfast against Dundee and Guildford against Cardiff tonight. Your thoughts on those? Thoughts on those. Um, Belfast at home. Um, I'll always back Belfast at home, I have to say. So I'll take them for the win there. Um, Dundee conceded a lot of goals recently. So yeah, that one. That one could be high scoring as well. Um, Guildford Cardiff. That's an interesting one. That's, you know. If Guildford can sort of continue the form they're on, then um, I'd imagine they'd be they'd be looking to win that one, um, given they're at home as well. So that one will be a lot closer. Uh, Cardiff, obviously five 0 against us, but after an overtime, an overtime win in five, so. Maybe not firing on all cylinders. Um, I'll take Belfast and Guildford. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Belfast and Cardiff getting an overtime win there. But yeah, really close game. Um, yeah. You're right about Dundee. They've easily conceded the most goals. I think they've conceded 46 goals in 10 games. So they've been on the end of some hammerings, but Still sticking with it, and yeah, quite like Jeff Mason, he's seems to be, you know, he knows what he's talking about, and he speaks pretty well. So, yeah, I like, I, I've always liked the D style, but shouldn't feel like that I do. <laughs> then the other games on Saturday: Dundee, Guildford, and Fife, Belfast. I mean, doesn't get any easier for the Scottish teams, does it? Um. Again, tricky, tricky games there. Um, Guildford, they've got the, they've got a, the luxury of a, a a long trip up to Dundee and then back at home to play Sheffield the night after. Um, but uh, you know, I think the way they're going just now, I've got to, I've got to back Guildford. Um, I think last weekend they beat Dundee six three as well, so. Um. Yeah, I'll back them to, to continue their form, I think. Fife Belfast. Um don't know, Fife at home recently seems to be pretty decent. Uh so I think that game will be closer than you might think, but still I'm still gonna take Belfast. Yeah, they've got a, got a lot of their injuries have returned to Fife. And yeah, they've they've sort of made Kirkcaldy that difficult place to go again, um, which it wasn't really last season. But yeah, they've they've done well with um in in spells this this year anyway. So I, I agree they'll, they'll make it tough for Belfast, but I think Belfast will win, and I think Guildford will will beat Dundee. Albeit they are they do seem to sometimes start slowly Guildford on those long long away trips which 
even we've showed, but I think they'll just be too good for Dundee at the moment. Uh, on the Sunday, Nottingham, Cardiff, for me, Cardiff too strong at the moment. We'll take the points there. Coventry against Dundee is, yeah, probably Coventry. Um, Manchester Fife, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Fife there to sneak the points, albeit a bit of a, a bit of an end-to-end game, a high-scoring game, but I think Fife have actually, I'm just not making this up, but my instinct tells me Fife have actually done okay in Manchester in the past. So I think they'll get, get a win there. And then Guildford and Sheffield, very tight. Mm. I might just pick Sheffield, but only because they weren't playing the night before. And Guildford have got that long travel. Unless they've got Challenge Cup games, I don't know what they're... That's true, actually, yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. They're playing Nottingham. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're still, still, um, okay, they are playing, but uh, they might already... But it's only Nottingham. It's only Nottingham, and they might actually already be through in the Challenge Cup. So I'm just making excuses yeah, to back up my argument, but, but still, Guildford have got longer travel, so it's not going to change my opinion there. I'll go for Guildford. You go Guildford? Sorry, no. <laughs> I'm, going I'm not going to change my opinion, but I'm changing my opinion. I meant I'll go Sheffield. Right, okay. Yeah, I agree. I think Sheffield will go there and take the points off Guildford. Um, Guildford are playing well, but I don't think they're... They don't strike me as a team that are going to go on a massive run and win the games in a row, so... Yeah, I think they'll draw points somewhere along the way. So I think Sheffield will win that one. Storm Flyers. Um, I think that's a bit of a coin flip, that one. That could go either way. Um, difficult. I feel one to pick there. I think Manchester, I mean, they'll have an easy game against us the night before, so work in their favour, but I'm going to go five. Really, I'll go five for that one. Dundee. Uh, another close one. There's another close one. Um, I'm going to take Coventry for that one, though. I think they'll just edge it. I think they've got a lot of, a lot of players that are, that are high score. I think, actually, Yellowhorn's second uh, in the league for point scoring. Yeah. So just shows you you could basically you can do it anywhere that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll take Coventry there. And the last one then not Cardiff. Yeah, it has to be really, doesn't it? Um so just before we go, I, I saw that um on the injury front for the, the game tonight. Ty Taylor is, does return to as backup. 
But um, yeah. Stenton, Dixon, Waltz, Kennedy, Laporte, all out. Um, and we've got four recognised D. Um, Shabbat's playing playing on defence again, so it really is makeshift. But as you've promised everybody, all the listeners, we're getting that win tonight, so so good luck to us. Um, yeah. But was there anything else you wanted to go over before we, we wrap things up this week? Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't really want to get a big massive discussion about it, but just something to note, like we obviously heard from Neil Black's statement a while ago about a GM. Uh, yeah. You know, three weeks on from that and we're still uh, have no further light to shed on it. Um, you know, I don't know. The, uh, to me, currently, the club is just seems to be in disarray. Um, just yeah, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. We hope, but we don't really know about. And um, you know, rumours about the folk that. Had, we're leaving or now coming back. I think Anderson. I don't know if this is true or not. Seems to be back as as the clan media officer. Um, it's just to me, it's all very strange just now. Um, yeah, I would like a bit more clarity about what about the situation regarding the DM, the DM, the GM. Yeah, said as a GM. Yeah, <laughs> I think GM must stand for gross mismanagement or something like that with this team. There you go. Yeah. Send us your GMs. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It is what what is going on. It gets back to that communication thing, isn't it? Well, I know that's yeah, that's certainly the thing that's missing just now. Um again, still still no word about about Gareth and all. All of this as well. It's just, yeah, it's, there's so many questions still to be answered. Um, they're just kind of lingering out there at the moment, just sort of contributing to the discontent amongst the fans. Um, what, what I would really like to see, though, from Craig now that he's back, I want to see, I want to see him put put Malcolm on the spot. In some of these interviews, mm. um, you know, considering. That was probably the reason, one of the reasons why he decided to resign in the first place. I would like to see him ask some, some proper pressing questions after these games. Um, you know, what or who is responsible for, for losing the game? Um, is the pressure on to turn losses and he wins this kind of thing? Really, can I put him on the spot because he's getting away scot-free just now? Yeah, yeah, very steady. Steady, easy stuff. Um, yeah, as you say, even if it's not, you know, really kind of personal questions about him, I want, yeah, I want more, more honest answers and not being able to just skirt around the the issues at hand. I would agree. Good point. Yeah, that was all. Yeah, no, a good, a good way to end. <laughs> A good, a good point well made and um, a lot of points from the listeners this week so that was great, hopefully you can 
continue with that and we'll try our best to answer everything for when it comes in and on the next episode. But uh, as we always kind of say, let's sort of see what happens, but not enjoying the hockey as much as we'd want to at the moment. And so bring on the takeover really and get back to some some fun and talking about games that we're, we've enjoyed and seen. Yeah, I mean, we, we want to go to games. I want to go back. Um, but yeah, give me, give me something. Give me something that makes me want to go back. Yeah, absolutely. It's coming. Who knows? Watch this space, I think. Watch this space. Let's see. Yeah, well, until next time, thanks again, everybody, and uh, cheers. Let's beat Nottingham. We'd love it if we beat them. (laughs) We'd love it if we beat them. Exactly. Speak to you next time. Cheers.